Hello. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. I guess I should say officially, since we're recording, and we might not be able to do this again if we try, <laughs> welcome to Red Star Reviews and <laughs> Thank you. the Reading Runner podcast joined together for a special guest episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is fun. I didn't expect yeah. it to work. <laughs> no, neither did I. So I'm, I'm quite happy it did. Um, first time ever actually doing a joint podcast. So there's a lot of trying to figure things out, but hey, Anchor made it easy. Um, there you go. Free plug <laughs> for the site there. Yeah, I'm halfway across the world. This is this is awesome. <laughs> I know. Listen, when I was a kid and uh, first started reading mm-hmm. and, you know, because I'm a child of the 70s, um, mm-hmm. when I first started reading all the way back then, um, I always dreamt what it would be like to just have friends who also read the same books and um, love mm-hmm. the same sort of things that I love, you know, reading and all that fun sort of stuff and sci-fi and fantasy and that's one of the things that just still amazes me to this day about, you know, the reading community online, whether Instagram or podcast or Twitter, you, you just get mm-hmm. to connect with minds around the world. And how oh, yeah. amazing is that? You know, absolutely amazing. Um, it is. It is. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, uh, for any joining in, this this episode really is going to be just going to be called like a conversation between two readers. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. Because that's what this is. Um, I, I've, I, I'm thrilled to be able to chat with you finally. I, I think that's just oh, yeah. incredible. It's already near midnight where you are, where it's just early afternoon where I am. And um, Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> insane. But hey, uh, let's chat some books and things like that, too. Um, and and then later down the line, we can, uh, always talk about other stuff, but, uh, question for you, because as, as probably my listeners know, because I've talked about you before, um, you Mm -hmm. have a podcast, the reading runner, you have Instagram, the reading runner, you have Mm -hmm. Twitter, the reading runner, so they can all connect on you. I think there's some underscores in there, but, um, (laughs) the, uh, what uh, this made you decide, first off, just opening with an easy question, what made you decide on uh, The Reading Runner? What brought you to that name? Well, um, I, was, I was always a runner before I was even like a hardcore reader. I think I started reading more uh, around the year 2015. But before that, I was, um, I was mostly a long-distance runner, and that was all I did. And... Um, you know, I read a lot when I was a kid, and then somewhere along the line, um, I lost track, and I wasn't reading for like a decade uh, until I went back to reading. And then I realized that I wanted to read a little bit more than I was running, and then I kind of like um, started merging that while I'm on the treadmill, and you know, I just came up with that um, came up with that idea on a vacation uh, in Italy. And that's where that's when I first opened my Instagram account and I was not aware of any book community out there. I just wanted to take cool pictures of my books and talk about them. So that's why what I ended up doing. That's what I ended up being. So um, that's what I consider myself. Just kind like, of stumble upon the whole runner. Instagram thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, like, back when I first started off, like, I didn't know Bookstagram was a thing. I, I knew that I had always wanted to be a book reviewer. Um, mm-hmm. 
or an author, but it's much easier for me to review books than it is for me to write a <laughs> coherent story. Like uh, I write fractured fairy tales at best, but the, That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, when, when I went ahead and decided like my mm-hmm. name wasn't even originally red star reviews, it was something like our bookshelves. And I just oh. got on there to take pictures of uh, my bookshelves, mine and my wife's and bookshelves, the, and just talk and then about you, the And then you rebranded. <laughs> I rebranded. I, I did. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this for, for real, I need to go ahead and, like, literally, like, start having a fun name and identifiable mm-hmm. and all that. And, yeah, so I, I did early on. But, yeah, I didn't even know there was an online book community. So when I found it, I was just thrilled and blown away. And time and time again, I've seen the book community come together to help out other members mm-hmm, of the book mm-hmm. community and be there. So it's just, it's been wonderful. But mm-hmm. um, I know one thing that uh, helped connect the two of us is you love a lot of science fiction. I love a lot of science fiction. Both of us mm-hmm. love some more vintage science fiction and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. <laughs> I, I know one, uh, some of your favorite authors, but I just you know, not having to nail it down to like one particular favorite author, but who are a few mm-hmm. of your favorite authors that you just wish you saw people reading more of? Um, I definitely wish um, a lot of people read um, Philip K. Dick and Arthur C. Clarke. Mm-hmm. Um, just really a whole bunch of authors. Um, it's so hard to just name <laughs> like okay. one after the other. Um, maybe, um, a little bit of Kurt Vonnegut, his his sci-fi, um, his sci-fi Vonnegut books is one that um, I keep trying to get into. Like I, I mm-hmm. get about halfway into one of his books, and then mm-hmm. I lose the thread because I think he's <laughs> thinking at a level higher than what I actually think at. So <laughs> no way. To connect <laughs> those dots. True. No, no. Yeah, I try to connect those dots, and I'm just like, man, this. I'm uh, wow. This is beyond where I'm thinking here. But Philip K. Dick is one of those two that I really just think mm-hmm. he was like, I almost, if, if I was ever going to believe in time travel, it's because <laughs> his stories seem like they were still written for a future we haven't even reached yet. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His, his mind is just so far out there. I love it. And I, I know, feel like uh, every time, every time I read his books, I feel like I'm in this, this, this trip, you know, like my mind is going everywhere and. I'm always blown away. Like there's always a part where I'm blown away and like, I can never feel this with any other book. You know, it's just so hard to explain. It's like, I feel like uh, an out of, like it's an out of body experience. <laughs> with, with the mind blown the... thing. That it, it <laughs> yeah, just oh, really yeah. is. Uh, I, I remember, uh, cause one of the things I, I help, I help co-host vintage sci-fi month every January. So every January oh, yeah. I'm reading mm-hmm. old vintage books. I remember reading uh, A Stranger in a Strange Land uh, Mm -hmm. with you, I think. I tried on that one. I didn't, I didn't Mm -hmm. get, I didn't get all the way through. Um, Mm -hmm. The, but the, uh, um, the, what's it called? Uh, PKD, I read his Uh uh, book, Do Android Stream of Electric Sheep, which of course I'd seen Blade Runner years ago, back Mm -hmm. in the 80s Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. loved it because I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan. But the Mm -hmm. um, book, when I sat down to read it, like the book ages better than the movie. Well, you just sit there and you read that story and it is amazing oh, yeah. how that could be headlines for today with the emotion control and the thought control and the inner debates about what truly makes humans human anyways. Definitely. And definitely. right to life and all those things. You're just sitting there. It's, it's amazing. And it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. this was written so long ago. 
and it's still valid today. So I, I like those books that have stood Definitely. the test of time and still have a deep message. Definitely. I love the contrast. Um, it had like, it had so much depth um, in the book compared to the movie. Um, that whole, whole other um, storyline. Um, you know, I love how they had two different characters with two different um, perspectives, uh, especially um, the character that, really wanted an electric animal <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting and the the name means a lot more sense like exactly. when you read the book the do android stream of electric sheep that actually makes <laughs> more sense when you watch like the blade runner movie yeah if they mm -hmm. tried calling that do android stream of electric sheep you'd just be like okay that makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> so but um from blade yeah. runner to electric sheep <laughs> yeah there you go but um i know like with kurt vonnegut the one i really tried was the slaughterhouse mm -hmm. five and mm -hmm. it's not that it was bad it's just that halfway mm -hmm. through like i said i just kind of lost the plot so mm -hmm. i want to go back and reread that one um and it's definitely a, a book focus it's definitely a book that you need to uh, reread uh, because, you know, I had the same experience. Like I read it the first time. I didn't understand it fully. Uh, and then I like I went back and I actually understood that this whole book was basically time jumps. And, you know, any book with time jumps, <laughs> it's going to get complicated, you know? Yes. <laughs> and and the perspectives change and it just it was but it was oh, yeah. neat and knowing that he took inspiration from his own life um oh, yeah. and what he's got to witness in his own life and put that into a sci-fi book just makes it more interesting because I, I like um how to say truth in fiction when i love you, that you know it's fictionary you know it's fictional mm -hmm. but there's a deeper truth at work inside of it and it's something that the person witnessed and they I don't agree. know how to pull it out and that's I agree. That's one reason why I love um, things like military sci-fi. Uh, oh, I love that. I love those too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know sometimes people look down on military sci-fi as a subgenre, mm -hmm. but when you really get the good military sci-fi, mm -hmm. the war is almost secondary. What it teaches That's you about true. humanity is so important and about those people in, in particular. Mm -hmm. And that's why mm -hmm. one reason why I love those sci-fi stories, because I just love seeing those deeper truths just kind of playing out right before in a fictional setting. So what, what are some of your favorite military sci-fis? Vintage since we're already there and I'm standing right in front mm -hmm. of my bookshelf. And this is a beautiful purple <laughs> book that I love. It is Starship Troopers by Robert A. Heinlein. Um, I think the book gets a bad rep because of how mm -hmm. terrible the movies were. Um, the movies <laughs> are cheesy sci-fi it's true <laughs> but the book itself is awesome um, I know mm -hmm. uh, Heinlein uh, like I couldn't quite read through um, mm -hmm. all of his books because sometimes his mindset just you see feel like you're arguing with his politics mm -hmm. more than reading a book oh uh, yeah I had that issue with the moon is a harsh mistress that's like sitting there dancing in a boxing <laughs> ring with libertarians. It's just so <laughs> insane because he makes it so political. But oh, yeah. I'm saying, absolutely insane. But Starship Troopers is wonderful. <laughs> that one really um, breaks things down. It really delves into mm -hmm. what um, countries should expect of uh, citizens and what citizens should expect of countries. And I found it very oh, interesting yeah. and very enlightening. It's not something to base politics off of. But it's just something that's very enjoyable. But as far as like long-term military sci-fi, mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of the Warhammer 40K universe. 
um, so mm-hmm. which is based off of a role playing game with little miniatures, and they launched books to kind of oh, tell wow. the stories of them all, right? So um, the I'm currently reading through the Horus Heresy, which I'm I'm finishing up book 39 of it right now, and the series itself is I want to say about 50 books long. It's like a team of authors that are working together to tell a huge galactic civil war. And they're trying to make their book series as big as the galaxy. Um, Oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) It's fun. I enjoy it. But you you really have to, that's one of those, because like I said, I'm on book 39. So it really has to be Mm -hmm. something that you like the formula because there's going to be a lot of same things kind of on repeat. So for me, it's just comfortable to pick up, read. I don't have to think about it too much. Those I'm not going to for high literature. Those are going to for just entertainment. Your your comfort reads. Yes. (laughs) I believe in comfort reads. uh, Probably the biggest comfort read I have, though, jumps genres back over to fantasy. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've encountered a lot of fantasy yet or if you've read uh, Ellie Modesit Jr. But Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, letter L, letter E, Modesit Jr. He um, Mm -hmm. he's one of my personal favorites. Because he, he does write long series. Uh, his recluse saga, I want to say, is, is in the 20s now. But um, he Ooh. focuses on, yeah, they're, they're like single tales or, or duologies that follow a character just for like two books. And they jump through a different time period in his world. So he has about oh, 2,000 wow. years of time that he's covering at different points. But it's a set formula. Almost every time you open mm-hmm. it, it's a, not necessarily coming of age. Because sometimes he does older people, sometimes younger people. But... It's uh, just people who come to a point in their life where their whole world changes. And so they move from point A to point B, take up a new craft, learn, and you you learn that craft alongside of them. So if they're a blacksmith, you learn how to be a blacksmith. If they're a cooper, you learn about making barrels. And that's as important as the overall story. So that's something that's just kind of neat and teachy and relaxing and always find it enjoyable. That actually sounds like something I would like. <laughs> hey, I'm tell- it's it's really good. It starts with the magic of recluse, and uh, it's it um like I said he jumps around through time, so you you want to wow. read it I- in publication order, not chronological order. Publication order. Mm-hmm. Got it. I, you know, I always find it confusing with some books where you're not sure whether you should read the you know in order of publication or you know in chronological order, and. Um, you know, the most um, book or series of books that people, you know, usually confuse um, Foundation as like Asimov. Yes. There's Are you supposed prelude. to read Prelude to Foundation first? Or <laughs> exactly. You read Foundation? Here's, here's, here's what I'll say, though, because uh, I read Foundation as a teenager um, mm-hmm. with and I read Prelude to Foundation and all that. I would mm-hmm. recommend reading the original Foundation trilogy first and foremost before you read that, Prelude that's... to Foundation. <laughs> that's what I, I did. <laughs> yes, because I think Prelude to Foundation A is written better for just sitting there mm-hmm. storytelling um, than <laughs> Foundation. Uh, it's more of a page turner, but it also uh-huh. has so many spoilers that will ruin Foundation for you. So oh. that, that's why Prelude mm-hmm. to Foundation, I think you should read after you read the Foundation trilogy. But here's the real question with Foundation mm-hmm. Children, do you want to start with Foundation or do you want mm-hmm. to dig back into his robots? Oh, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he starts with you... that whole iRobot book and then goes from there. Yeah. I, I love iRobot. Well, yeah. do you like robot I you know his robot series better than 
Foundation. Mm-hmm. I like the Foundation, Foundation. series more uh, because mm-hmm. I feel that the Foundation series was more coherent. The robots mm-hmm. seem to kind of jump around for to be mm-hmm. able to, as a story device, but also in style because like iRobot is like a private investigator story, um, whereas you like you mm-hmm. jump to like Caves of Sun Sunlight and all that in there different yeah. i think i got that title right i might have gotten it way wrong but they're different um <laughs> he writes them kind of like for the different feel so i found mm-hmm. foundation that was like a sci-fi epic and that was uh-huh. that was neat i think what mostly appealed to me about foundation though was how it mm-hmm. felt like a history of humanity in the future i think that's the thing yeah, that that's... appealed to me that's what that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Foundation, the book itself, like Foundation? It's a did foundational like, work it, in science fiction. I thought I read, <laughs> I'll be honest. I read it too young to fully appreciate it. That that's the mm-hmm. the the truth of it. If I went back and read it now as a reader, I think I would like it more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that that's why I like honestly Prelude to Foundation. I think is a better book in the sense that it's one that you can enjoy and turn the pages and it kind of has like some chase scenes and some things just to make things exciting. Whereas so it's found- more glued, glued together. It's more- yes. Mm-hmm. Foundation is a little less coherent and a little less yeah. exciting. I mean, you kind of really need to like math, I think, to really get into sure. foundation uh, a lot. How, how, how much does this rank in the math scale? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because math is broken, and if a book has too much math, I'm not reading it, and I don't think you are either. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, my wife has told me that I am not allowed to teach our children math because I'm so <laughs> awful at math, and she's I've... actually a teacher, so I'm like, I'm good with this deal. I'm good with this. I voted myself out of math for <laughs> <I'm> not teaching. <laughs> Yeah, I figure when for certain things like you know when it comes to your, the English class, like I, I feel competent, yeah. I, I can work through these books with you. But when it comes to math classes, I'm gonna be like, nah, kid, you're on your own. I'm out the door. Out the door. <laughs> your mom will help you at this point. If you're hoping for me to help you get an A, we're in trouble. But um, but yeah, that is one thing. A lot of vintage sci-fi, um, you had kind of two types. It, well, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot more types out there and, and real students of the genre probably would slaughter me for saying that. But as a casual reader of it, I, I see two mm-hmm. types. And one is the, mm-hmm. the hard sci-fi, which, you know, Isaac Asimov or mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke or Ray Bradbury, they were Dune. great. <laughs> Frank Herbert, yes. They were great <laughs> at writing those that were very scientific. And then you have the ones that are mm-hmm. more the out there story. Listen, they got ray guns. They got atomic ships. There's green men on Venus. And those were just like the, hey, make up whatever you want and, and have fun with it. So, and I like, oh, like Alfred, Alfred Fester. Yes. <laughs> the star's my destination. <laughs> so you find a lot of those. And I, I see, I, I love, that. that's one reason why I love Vintage Sci-Fi Month. I love yeah. getting to, and that's every January, we just like, we'll read books that were published, sci-fi books that were published yep. prior to our year of birth. And we, we, it, we forgot one important writer, Ursula Kelly Gwynn. Oh my goodness! I just read one of her books, and it was amazing. <laughs> I finally finished it. Was. it. Your, <laughs> is your it group read? Word? Mm-hmm. The word for world oh. is forest. The the title oh of goodness. it is one of the most beautiful <laughs> titles of a book. But that does lead me to another thing. Um, tell us about your your monthly reads because you have monthly group reads over there on Instagram. I do. My journey to sci-fi 2020 
and um well we you know i set up a you know preset <laughs> books that um that i want to read in the sci-fi um uh genre and um i tried to make them kind of um like a mixture of different kind of sci-fi so it's not just you know cyberpunk it's not just uh space exploration it's not just galactic empire you know it's like a mix of everything hard sci-fi soft sci-fi social um science sort of sci-fi goofy sci-fi i don't know it's like kind of a mix of a lot of things and um you know my you know my goal is just to you know help people that have not I mean, they're not really familiar with sci-fi or like the first thing they think of sci-fi is um spaceships you know i kind of want to change that perspective um and like help people kind of um be more open to the genre well one and thing I... I like about sci-fi and it's same mm-hmm. with what we were saying about military sci-fi just in general mm-hmm. a lot of people when they think sci-fi they're thinking car- mm-hmm. cartoon comic books just mm-hmm. cheesy throw together but the number one thing mm-hmm. that i've always found about science fiction um is mm-hmm. a good sci-fi says something mm-hmm. deep and true about humanity not mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. humanity mm-hmm. at the time that they're writing but humanity in general but specifically to the time, like you can see um, a lot of the science fiction books that were written in like, say the uh, 50s and 60s mm-hmm. after the atomic bomb was dropped in World War II, they're very much- um, uh, Talked about. Devastation, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're like, this society just got mm-hmm. devastated. This society just got destroyed. So it was mm-hmm. actually um, social commentary as much as it was just telling a yes. story. And I find that very appealing. Sure. And a lot of people don't realize that. That's true. That's true. And, I, you know, I've had a lot of people who um, who uh, messaged me saying, uh, this is my first time reading a science fiction book and I actually like it. I want more like it. <laughs> and they end up going <laughs> down this rabbit hole that I've accidentally created. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. So... Uh, the, the more, the merrier. Bring them all in. <laughs> the more, bring them on. <laughs> yeah. To but, my uh... side. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, like you just said, Ursula K. Le Guin, she is one who I mm-hmm. want to read more of. Um, but the mm-hmm. one thing to say, the word for world is forest. Mm-hmm. Like that might have been written back in the, I want to say, 60s or 70s. But when mm-hmm. I was sitting there reading it, I felt like it could have been written in it's 2020. Today. Yes. Yeah. It like she captured timeless truths. Yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. And like I, this is maybe my fourth or fifth book <laughs> i'm not sure well Gwen, and you know i can say that she is so consistent with how good her writing is like, one, like you, you were talking know about... that you cannot fail <laughs> with, yes what do you think <laughs> you're not and, but she's one like you're talking about it can sometimes be daunting or hard to figure out where you should start in mm-hmm. in like the hamish chronicles like what book mm-hmm. really should bring you in and to be honest with mm-hmm. those i kind of feel like any like, it doesn't Any. matter which Hamish book you pick up. You, if you pick up one of them, like the word for world is forest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're going to see things that refer to other stories. And if you've mm-hmm. read those other stories, maybe it might mean more to you, but it doesn't detract. Yeah, it doesn't, no. It just kind of opens up other avenues of, ooh, there's mm-hmm. other stories I want to read and get more of this. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of her books, one of the most common uh devices she uses or themes that she uses is that she takes 
two different groups who are, you know, they're completely different, you know, in religious and social and whatever background, you know, puts them in, in you know, another planet <laughs> and, uh, you know, have them, um, you know, argue, you know, in their, their status, their, their social norms and stuff like that. And like, it, it, you see this comparison between these two, very different groups and then you see the very um you know the similarities between them and like you, you end up realizing um you know something very deep um embedded in her in her stories and that's what i what i love about that she's she's so consistent with showing you two different contrasts like uh the uh, word for world is forest you know you see the two different sides of things yeah, <laughs> one of those sides was incredibly hard to read, and oh, also yeah. one thing that just hit me hard. And this is this is 2020. I live in America, and the conversation mm -hmm. about our history as a, as a nation in America mm -hmm. has never been more, uh, we'll just say, vibrant. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> people are actually talking about and discussing what our yeah. history really is. Um, some mm -hmm. people owning mm -hmm. up to it, some people still trying to hide from it. But when, like, mm -hmm. as a descendant of colonizers. Yeah. Um, and you're sitting there reading about uh, colony, and normally, <laughs> normally, as a person reading science fiction, most authors yeah. make you sympathetic to the human colony that's out there. Like yeah. Le Guin yeah. made it very clear early on. No, <laughs> like as the reader, you're not siding with the humans. Uh, uh, you're siding with the no, aliens no, no. whose planet <laughs> just got invaded by those humans. And you're sitting there exactly. like those humans need to get out of here. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they're doing. They need to get out the way. And exactly. that's I find that so interesting. And also it's a little bit difficult because I think about what uh, North America was like mm. before my ancestors got here. So it's, or what it's been like since we've gotten here. So it's one thing, it, like I said, she makes you stop and think about things from a different perspective and think about things that you might have not really considered beforehand. And that's one thing I love, absolutely love. I love it when an author can just kind of hit you right in the gut and, and cause you to mm -hmm. stop and think about things that you've just taken for granted and never really considered for so long. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when I can pick up a book and that after all these years of reading, someone still can do that. So, yeah, she definitely yeah. is, definitely should be mentioned in any conversation about um, <laughs> vintage sci-fi authors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she really should be. But um, it is, what, it, it's September right now, so... Um, in October, what's the book that y'all are going to be reading in October? This October? Yeah. Um, October. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I need totally to go back fine. and look. <laughs> well, then what are y'all reading right now? We'll do that. Uh, we're reading The Sirens of Titan. Sirens Kurt of Titan. Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Okay. Yeah. And if anybody wants to join in on that, they can reach out to you via Instagram. Oh, yeah. I know. And mm -hmm. uh, also on Instagram, you also have posted uh, amazing little uh, graphics that list out all those books um, mm -hmm. that y'all are going to be doing for the for the group reads and all that. So I know that mm -hmm. um, we're listen. You and I are doing great just to be on this chat <laughs> instead of trying to go <laughs> switch to because I, I know I'll, I'll start recording and I use my uh, iPhone for all my podcasts, right? And so yes. if I'm going to be looking at lists or something like that, or an author, I either have to set the books in front of me. So that way I can mm -hmm. pick them up and remember how to say the name of the title. Because I've, <laughs> I learned early on, I have several eBooks that I've read. 
and I was going to yeah. reference them, and suddenly I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't remember exactly what the title was. <laughs> um, the name of the author was something, but they were a really good author. <laughs> so. But you know, but you, know you, you got to remember, you know, we came into this conversation to, to test this thing out. We didn't really plan to record. <laughs> nope. But hey, this one's going up. I think this one's, this one's going up. As, as long is, as you feel comfortable really with it, we'll go ahead and launch this one. Definitely. <laughs> but, totally um, but that just means that our next one will be that much better in the future. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. But okay, what? we'll keep on with the theme though, but what mm-hmm. draws you to a book? Are you a cover buy? Mm-hmm. Like you see the cover, mm-hmm. it's cool, or you seek out the authors, or is it a cool title, or the, I, what catches you? Um, like I said, I'm I'm so into um, art. Number one, and you know the first thing that catches my eye is um, the sci-fi art. Those you know those amazing vintage sci-fi art covers. Uh, familiarity with authors, you know, if I've read. Um, several books by a specific author, you know, that what that's what attracts me to read um, that uh, book that catches my eye. Um, so number one, yes, I uh, do <laughs> cover by. And uh, number uh, number two, wait, was that number two? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's okay. <laughs> I'm all over the place, man. Um, the title um i very 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 rarely read about the book before i actually read the book uh, that's an interesting <laughs> uh, info <laughs> that that i i will rarely even read like the back cover blurb on a book if i think Me too. the book has a concept <laughs> in it that i want to read like if it's an author that i know it's like okay i'm going to trust this author if it's a uh, cover that i like i'm like okay i like this cover i might give it a shot and if it's exactly. a book that I've heard people talk about on like Bookstagram or something, it's like, okay, I want to mm-hmm. read this. Once I decide I want to mm-hmm. read this, like I go into a cone of silence on mm-hmm. other information about the book. <laughs> so <laughs> Same it's like, way. you know, oh, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. It sounds good. It's about little people. Say no more. We're good. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> well, there's a ring. No, stop telling me things. I'll find it out. <laughs> and people are like, but it's not a spoiler. I'm like, you don't understand what a spoiler is. You know, it's okay. <laughs> You know, you my standard me, of my standard of spoilers is very different. <laughs> someone tells me, "Well, it's a trilogy." Well, great. You just told me the main character is going to live. Ruin it. I mean, ruiner of all people. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. The uh, and one of the things I like when you get to the vintage sci-fi art, some of it is mm-hmm. wild and out of this world, and then others, the ones mm-hmm. that always caught me, mm-hmm. like there's a cover for the Foundation um, by mm-hmm. Asimov that literally mm-hmm. is like the blue black space and um you see just Uh the giant spaceship and it looks like an oil painting you know what i'm talking about oh yes Uh, i remember that one mm -hmm. i've seen that one those uh covers like the cover that looks like just massive spaceships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and almost look like it was an oil painting just any cover Uh, like that i'm probably gonna uh, buy that book it it just has a certain feel to it it's like i don't even care what the story's about i want this book So I I would I would buy that and I will also buy anything with an astronaut on the cover stranded in some kind of uh, planet, (laughs) which uh, brings me to another point. You are an awesome artist. And one of the things that uh, I saw recently and I featured in my stories Mm -hmm. was your 2001 astronaut. Um, Oh, thanks so much, man. Well, I was going to say that one, like talking about uh, astronaut Mm -hmm. and stranded and, you know, 
uh, sitting there having to talk to AI. But what, <laughs> what, what caused you were a creative guy? Well, where did you decide to just kind of scratch that creative itch to start making your own paintings? Um, I've, I was never really um, a digital artist. I was never really, you know, I never considered myself like you are a, a you know, legit artist. I just, you know, I used to doodle a lot. And um, I used to think, you know, my stick figures, you've seen them all around my stories. They tell great stories. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just kind of my style. I was just, kind of, you know, fast and easy stick figures. I think it was two years ago that I decided to get a canvas and um, actually try this out. And, um, you know, I just went with the flow. You know, I just, you know, I get this idea. I get these ideas in my mind and, uh, you know, I just grab a brush and, you know, paint away, uh, you know, trial and error, try different colors together, uh, try to make it, try, I try to make it as simplistic as possible. Um, you know, my 2001 Space Odyssey, I did this, um, you know, I, I have since um, uh, transferred my kind of, you know, artwork to a more digital, um, you know, platform. So I would, um, I would actually like draw on my, my, on my iPad these days. And, uh, you know, like you saw the, the astronaut um, drawing, uh, I, I tried to keep it as simplistic as possible. So it's just two shades, <laughs> black and white. And, you know, I just kind of, you know, went with what I had in my mind and tried to project that as much as possible. Uh, yeah, I, I get inspirations from the books that I read. So, you know, when I'm reading and I get this certain image in my, in my head, I try and go ahead and like kind of, um, replicate what I, what I saw and what I felt. And, you know, sometimes it translates nicely and, um, other times, uh, they do not. <laughs> but it's, it's, it. <laughs> it's neat to get to see. And, and I mean, we might have to change your uh, name to like the painting reading runner. Yeah, but man. I don't know yeah, if man. Instagram would actually handle that. <laughs> but it's it's so funny. Amazing. Like, <laughs> you don't see me running a lot <laughs> on my Instagram these days. It's just like art <laughs> and a little bit of reading. <laughs> but see, that's why you were in the long distance running early on. You got all the miles yeah. out of you back then. So. <laughs> now it's my but... <laughs> chill. <laughs> my chill time <laughs> yes but hey i know um it is getting late over there um we're, we've already just chatted away over half an hour and it was uh, really I fun think, and i can go on forever <laughs> i think so too i think so too but i know uh you have a family i have a family that we got to go and chase after some little oh, ones yeah. um <laughs> true, true but we mm -hmm. as long as you're game we'll be doing this again uh mm -hmm. i had an absolute blast and it's just like i said oh me too at the very start, one of the things that, that I love about books, it, the, the mm -hmm. magic, like I talked about book nostalgia in my last episode and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the ability that books have, the magical ability to um, draw you into a certain place in a frame of mind where you remember what you were doing mm -hmm. when you initially read it. But one of the other magics I find about book is how it can connect um, people from one side of the globe to the other side of the globe and allow for a, a deeper communication identification that's greater than any nationality or creed or anything I agree. that you could possibly imagine how it breaks down barriers I and agree. I agree. opens up doors for minds to be able to connect. I think that is so fascinating. And that's it why is. I'm so thankful to live in the age that we live in 
where even as crazy as everything is, you can mm -hmm. still sit down and just talk about books mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. connect with that and enjoy it. I think that's amazing. And um, I, I just am so thankful to get the chance to chat with you and get to know you better. And I, I've been... It, it was, it was been trying to do this for a yeah. while. <laughs> <laughs> we have. We just that's figured all, it out. <laughs> yeah. In a test run. <laughs> I know. That's why when, um, the, what was it? I don't know if it was this weekend or last week. And I'm like, hey, do we want to go ahead and give this a shot? And like, How about now? How about now? And it's like, no, we need to do this because I know we've been talking about this for a while. So let's just do it. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And it, it was a beautiful experience. So um, one thing in closing, though, for uh, where can I know we've been saying your, your username, but like I said, I know there's some underscores. If people want to find you on Instagram or, say, Twitter, um, mm -hmm. where can they locate you? Just the reading runner, I guess. Just the reading Are there, runner. There's no, is, there's no underscores. Is there it's not? Just, okay. No. I'm the original. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought they are. I'm the world's worst at, at uh, usernames. I've been remembering them. I have to like, it's like what I said. I have to write them out before I go here. Um, I and, feel you, man. I feel you. And also, uh, little known fact, you have a podcast that I think is an excellent podcast that I'm hoping you record more Thank episodes for. Um, Hopefully but, with you. <laughs> there we go. But uh, y'all need to check check out the Reading Runners podcast. I feel like I'm going to send all my listeners to you, and they're just going to listen to you and quit listening to me now. Because <laughs> seriously, you have so much to offer so much. and so much that you look at. And I, I love your artwork. I, I love getting to connect with you. So um, I'm just appreciative so to get the time. And uh, we will Same. do this again, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, y'all take care. Right. Everybody who's listening, take care. take care. And we'll talk to you again soon, all right? All right. All right, bye. Bye-bye.